0: Welcome to La Huesera Podcast. I'm La Huesada, and we're going to be having real conversations with health professionals from around the world that will move you to the bones. Are you Ready? Welcome to our podcast today. We have a really, really special guest. This is Veronica Ratman. She is like a soul sister to me, um, was my doula instructor, was my yoga instructor, is a close friend and just a love of a person. So we're talking doula, doula instruction, yoga instruction, Reiki, womb healing. She is truly can I say, like, a bad <laughs> <laughs> um, So welcome, Veronica. I'm so excited to have you here
1: today. I am so happy to be here. Um, thank you so much, Britton. Bless you. I am so grateful to be able to talk with you and um, talk about all the stuff that we have a shared passion for. So, Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Today, when I was um, telling my friend who I was going to interview, she was like, wow, she kind of sounds like your carbon copy in Chicago. And I was like, well, <laughs> we, we do have a lot in common. Um, sure. So I just feel I feel extremely blessed today that we can have this conversation like way across the world. I'm here in Buenos Aires, Veronica's <laughs> in Chicago. And here we are connecting in quarantine to record this awesome podcast. I'm so excited.
1: Thank God um, I know finding it without this opportunity would be just unbearable, so <laughs> I agree. I think it's great, like
0: um I've been talking a lot with people about productivity and like you know it we, it's not we're not productive right now, um, right generally. <laughs> and so just having little small things to look forward to is something that I'm really appreciating right now. mm-hmm. Um, so let's get into it. Um, talk to me a little bit about, so, okay, you've got all these amazing titles and qualifications and are a true healer as far as I'm concerned. So I think a lot of people, when they think about healing, they're like, oh, well, that's not really accessible to me. Cause like, I've never looked at a skeleton before. I don't know what's inside of my skin. Like, you know, people start <laughs> freaking out. Or yeah. they're like, okay, you know, I go to yoga class. Like, that's that's enough for me. And that's okay. Um, but I think what's really interesting is to kind of talk for a minute. Like, how did you get to where you are today? How did you begin this process? Like, what inspired you to get into healing? And specifically, what directioned you towards focusing on the womb? I mean, besides having one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, I feel like, like so many other people, I've had my own personal traumas that I've lived through and um, in a weird way that has led me back to a place of healing. And one of the reasons that, one of the major reasons it's um, focused on the womb for me personally is because from a very young age, my mom always spoke of childbirth and menstruation from this place of it being like a rite of passage that we can look forward to. And Mm -hmm. that it had a lot of mystery and magic to it. And when you really embrace it, it can be a very powerful experience. Um, And you know, my peers around me had a very different perspective on it all. Um, and I think I internalized some of that, so you know some of the fear around childbirth, um the shame that comes with just generally in being a woman or being in a female body, um, especially surrounding the menstrual cycle. And from a very young age, I remember like really being fascinated by my cycle. Like when I got my period, my mom like announced it to her work. <laughs> <laughs> Like I had that mom, and oh um, yes, the night before my period, I didn't really have many signs of it coming. I just remember telling my friend Emily, like I think I'm gonna get my period tomorrow. I don't know how I knew that. Of course, you you did. (laughs) if you read about, um, you know, like menstrual mystics often say that, like, as women we step into our psychic power when we start menstruating. And Absolutely. it like, literally clicked for me the night before. And I did get my period the next day. Um, and my sister was like, my sister was like, weirdly, she was like, jealous. <laughs> she was like, you didn't get your is period. She, is she younger than you? She is younger. She's uh, okay. almost four years younger. So she's like, you didn't get your period. Show me. So I, <laughs> I was like, okay. Like, I so I showed her my my underwear because it was like I had to prove it to her you know and it had like dried and it looked brownish and she was like you didn't get your period you just pooed
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh leave it to sisters to really zing you man right Uh without being
1: a sister Um, so yeah, I just really grew up in a household where we celebrated (laughs) these rites of passages and, um, over the years just kept getting pulled deeper and deeper into the healing arts, starting with yoga, meeting you in Chicago, um, and then just kind of adding on layers to that. So,
0: yeah, that's beautiful. I love thinking about it as layers because, like, you know, the womb also has layers. Oh my God. It's like developing from the inside out. So, okay, let's pause here for a minute because I think this is such a cool conversation to have today. And something that I've actually been hearing a lot of people talk about. Like, so you had this sort of new age mom who was like, okay, this is a rite of passage. Uh And as you said, you had all these peers who were like, oh my God, the dreaded period, right? Right. So, what would you say, what worked for you? Like what what was it in these conversations with your mom that allowed you to
1: understand that it was a rite of passage? Yeah. So she described having babies being in labor as um, a very positive experience for her. And she was in labor with me for thirty six hours. Oh my so goodness, it was an easy, you know, smooth birth, but she still was like, she loved telling me the story and i think that we heal mm. storytelling and um, my mom absolutely would, you know my mom will just describe all of the details and to this day i am such a sucker for a good birth story <laughs> <laughs> i know
0: i know that personally about you absolutely you were saying that that this positivity around storytelling as it related to the womb was something that was really empowering for you as a child. Exactly. spot on. And I mean, I just imagine, I'm, I'm sure this is just my imagination, right? I'm a very imaginative girl, but I just imagine like you and your mom and your sister, like sitting around the fire, I don't know. If, I don't know why there's like a fire in this in my imagination, but I'm like you're just like sitting around and like talking about womb
1: stories, and I love that image, um, even yeah. if it's not true. No, <laughs> right? That's, like that's super psychic of you because my mom actually ran a firewood business. She sold firewood. No way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So actually, that makes sense. That.
0: <laughs> that is so funny and. Of course, that makes so much sense. I mean, it just, it, it makes, it reminds me of these more, these like ancient stories that we hear of like women in communities. And I know that a lot of times these female menstrual communities, um, like in the book Red Tent or whatever, were, you you know, such a, like a a place of isolation actually, but like there were something so empowering in this community ritual that used to happen among women in spite of, you know, whatever else the context was. And, and I think you're absolutely true about storytelling. I mean, I think that's part of the reason why I decided let's do a podcast. I want to hear people's stories, Uh you know, I want to have conversations. Like let's talk about, you know, things that are a little bit um, taboo. So um, I know you're the mother of two sons, Mm -hmm. but uh, they obviously still have a sexuality and 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 came from a womb so I always love it when guys are like oh no I have no relation to a womb I'm like where did you come from honey an incubator <laughs> um so what like do you have you thought about what how you would like to bring up the conversation of like sexual development in your family or have you started naturalizing this already I know they're little
1: yeah, well, you know, Ozzy's right? Actually, how old are they? Three and one. Yeah, Ozzy's turning four on Friday, and my Nico mm-hmm. is fifteen months. So, Ozzy's actually a pretty curious little guy. So, he obviously has been surrounded by um, me talking about birth, about his birth, and his questions lately are like, well so how did I get in there? And, (laughs) and I'm like, you know, mommy and daddy made you. And I I think it's important to just be really honest with your kids when they ask and, um, you know, keep it all age appropriate. But I was like, well, you know, mommy and daddy made you. And he was like, like with a wrench. (laughs) (laughs) like, sort of like a wren actually kind of there's some tools involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah there's some tools involved. And, um, um, you know, I'm the kind of person like um my my cycle before I got into menstrual literacy and menstrual cycle awareness and healing my cycle I was the kind of person who bled on furniture I just was like I I had the craziest heavy flow and terrible cramping and um, mm-hmm. there, there's still stains on my mattress and I, you know, like, I don't, it, it to me, it's menstrual blood is like a sacred entity in itself. So I'm not freaked out by it, but, um, and I don't feel the need to like get new sheets or anything. I mean, I wash them obviously, but anyway, obviously, but yeah, it's like, a, it's like a mark, like, um, right. It's part of your story exactly I love that and so Ozzy's been curious about that too and he's Mm. like are you okay and I just I explain it all and um, how do you explain it what do you say yeah so just the basics you know like once a month mommy bleeds and there's nothing wrong with it it's actually a really important part of her being healthy and every person who has a womb and a vulva bleeds once a month and um, it's Perfectly normal, and I just normalize, normalize, normalize. So that's wonderful. Um, yeah. And I, am, really- I
0: imagine him like someday with whomever, if he partners with somebody, right. you know, being like, Oh, I'll change the sheets for you, honey. You know, <laughs>
1: exactly. and this is what we need is like yes. a masculine stepping up to meet us in our power, you know, and mm. that begins with really uh, teaching our children to think about menstruation and birth and all of these things that are portals of the divine feminine as um, something that needs to be respected. And we all need to have like a deep reverence for it because it is the source of life. Like this is where we all come from. Um, so. um,
0: Yes. And also, I mean, think, I always think every time I, I get my period, like, I just say thank you. And not because I'm like, oh, thank gosh, I'm not, you know, pregnant. Um, it's not right. that kind of a thank you. Right. It's like a it's like a thank you body for giving me this opportunity to cleanse myself.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah. I actually, like, started feeling bad for recently, like, for people who, who don't have this opportunity. And I've been hearing a lot of stories about people... Um, particularly in quarantine, having really heavy cycles or yeah. multiple cycles or mm-hmm. interrupted cycles. And um, I don't know. I just think there's something so interesting about the way our cycles adapt to the changes that are going ar- going on around us. Yes. And I don't know what your perspective is on that, but I kind of think, okay, well, your body is telling you, you know, things are a little out
1: of whack. And yeah, they are. And that's Okay. Water. Yes, your body is trying to talk to you, and for years I was told to go on birth control to fix it. And oh my gosh! You gosh know, yes. From I was diagnosed with uh, premenstrual dysphoric disorder by a man who asked me like two questions. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, um, like Prozac.
0: Do you for get? It. Do you do you get low back pain? Do you get a headache? Okay, Prozac. Wait, he put you on yeah.
1: Prozac actually. What's that? He wanted to put you on Prozac, you said? Yeah. That was his answer. And birth control. And neither of them helped me. And luckily, I had a mom who was like, you're going to hate birth control. Yeah. And you can try Prozac if you want. You know, she didn't tell me not to do it. She was just like, you're going to hate it. And at the time, I was like, but mom, all of my friends are in birth control and they love it. And and sure enough, like three months in, I felt like a psychopath.
0: So. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I can absolutely relate
1: right on that my wow. roommate at the time will tell you that
0: my worst moment was when i was on the Nuva ring that was my worst they moment because yeah. yeah and 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 my body did too my body was like no this goes back to the store yeah i mean i didn't return it obviously i just um but something also that i think is really interesting and and i I don't know about you, but I've tended in the last few years to um, use more natural products and things Mm -hmm. as I'm on my cycle. Um, For example,
1: I am in love with a menstrual cup right now. Are you using that? I do. um, I do a little bit of that along with, honestly, some free bleeding. Like, Mm -hmm. I just... There's something about me, I think that red tent idea of, like, gathering Mm -hmm. together and, like, just bleeding on hay is something that really appeals to me. Yes. Like, go bleed on hay, but, like, I I like the idea of the downward pull, like the full apana, like we call it, the flow of things. But the menstrual cup is nice for uh, studying the qualities of your menstrual blood. So I like doing both.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like to, I like to switch, um, back and forth as well. And it's interesting that you talk about that need to like bleed on hay. Um, <laughs> but, but it's, it's true. I actually was like curious one day. I was like, I wonder if
1: I, a- if I like water my plants with this, what would happen? Mm-hmm. You can um, stem cells in menstrual yeah. blood. It is, yeah. it is your first source of nourishment as a fetus before the placenta forms. So it is full of life getting giving nutrients. Um, yeah. not dirty. It's not something that needs to be hidden and ashamed of. And um, I am I've I have water I watered my garden with it. You just need to dilute it a little bit.
0: With some water on top. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I learned that the hard way. One of my orange flowers turned red actually. I was like, "This is crazy, though," you know. <laughs> um, yeah, it was like it was like spotted. It was like spotted with red. I was like, "That is
1: awesome. my body did
0: that." Um, and I think that's also such a cool practice because um, I'm not childbearing yet, uh-huh. and I think it's so cool to and and I want to hear what you have to say about this, but like. For people who maybe identify as having a womb Mm -hmm. and don't physically have one, or for people who aren't yet in their childbearing years Mm -hmm. or have not decided yet to take that path, or maybe decide never to. Yeah. What are like what are ways in which, like for example, I always feel very um, I feel the need to create when I'm ovulating and I feel the need to, you know, as I said, garden with my (laughs) menstrual blood. Mm -hmm. so what are, what are ways that you recommend to people who maybe need to or want, have a desire to connect to this creation, this power of
1: creation and
0: this life force that is our cycle?
1: I'm so glad that you asked this question. Um, so I think that the womb is a portal, not necessarily just for babies. We experience the life-death-rebirth cycle every month. And this has been what has healed my menstrual cycle from bleeding on furniture without planning on it and having menstrual, really, really debilitating menstrual cramps. I healed my cycle by recognizing that creative process that is occurring within me and embracing each and every day of the cycle, the phase that I'm in, recognizing that phase Working with the natural rhythms of my body instead of against them, because we live in a hyper young society that values production and going, 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 and pushing. And I think that our menstrual cycle dysfunction or pain is a symptom of that because uh, more than ever, and I think quarantine is there's mm. a lot of suffering and death coming from it but there is also this turning inward effect this uh embracing yes. the feminine within all of us that is what we need so badly right now um so i think this is like you were talking about people having really difficult periods you know i think okay. that is like the feminine crying out for our attention in our bodies, absolutely, um,
0: absolutely,
1: yeah. And I think that when you look at the creative process, like I, I think I used to look at it as this performative thing. Like, you know, they the the peak of our creative power comes through pre-ovulation and ovulation. That's really when we're at our peak in terms of what we can offer the world. But it doesn't have to be this performative thing. It can literally be like something that you change within yourself versus like, what am I putting out in the world? And that, that has, that, that idea has really been uh, healing for me. So. Absolutely.
0: And, and I think that's especially important for all of our listeners to hear right now, whether or not they're in a strict quarantine, um, you know, that, that same energy is still there. We're still not fully comfortable to go back into that, circadian rhythm type, you know, society yeah. force, right? Um, right? Something I've been super interested in lately is this idea of the infradian rhythm. So no. the circadian rhythm is, for anyone who doesn't know it, it's the moment, it's the, it's the daily cycle. It's the sun rises, the sun sets, the sun rises, the sun sets. And this is, this is coupled with the male hormones, um, which is testosterone, but female hormones, Or womb hormones are based on the infradian rhythm, which is a four-month cycle, and it has these different phases in it. Um, And there are a million people writing about this and talking about this right now. And I think it's because of exactly what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I think we are realizing that. Okay, cool. So. We've been living in this society where we need productivity, where things have to be the same every day, and we need a to-do list. And everyone I've been talking to, men and women, and non-binary, everyone I've been talking to has been talking, has been saying, um, "I'm not as productive as I was, or making to-do lists isn't working for me anymore." Yeah. And I think it all has to do with this. It all has to do with this, you know, us transitioning in a way into a more infradian cycle as a society.
1: Oh my God. I love that. Thank you for bringing it into like um, a full context, like, like actual um, scientific evidence of it, because I, that makes it so much more accessible, I think for everybody and, I think that the more we reflect reflect on all of the incredible uh, cycles and rhythms within ourselves the more we're able to look at our planet and nature and have this again deep reverence for those pulsations and rhythms as well Absolutely I mean
0: we're talking about healing our womb and the biggest womb right. that I know yeah. is Mother Earth. Here in Argentina, we say the Pachamama.
1: That's and it's
0: this, the Pachamama, and I love it. And it's this, it's, it's this life force in, in it. I mean, it doesn't matter what your religious belief is. We know that the earth, the soil under our feet creates life. And so I, I think that that it is about going back to that, and it's it's funny you mentioned that because actually I um I am very scientific minded and I love I'm such a nerd you know that but yeah. what I've been focusing my energy more on in this quarantine has been like what are the ecologists saying about all of this
1: mm-hmm. because
0: it seems like there is such a, a transformation going on individually within people's homes, yep. collectively. And then also, like, Earthwise, wise right? Right. Um, so I wonder if there will be, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm sort of a, I like to think about things with, like, butterflies coming out of them, you know, like, I'm a, I'm a very, like, musical theater-minded person, <laughs> where I, you know, imagine an idealistic world, but I've been having this sort of vision of, like, okay, maybe, maybe we need to go inside to repair, yeah. to yeah. then share that with what's outside,
1: right like nature is pleading with us to do that deep inward reflection that we've been ignoring for so long mm. It's just it's so important right now and the more we resist it the more that hy- again that hyper young capitalistic patriarchal energy is just imploding and exploding and it's time. (laughs) It's time. It's
0: time. It's time. I think we're feeling that on on many levels that it's time for a shift. Yeah. So speaking of shifts, um, you're like a wellness guru. And so of course you have so many resources that are, you know, accessible to you. If you're, if our listener is like someone who had, doesn't really have a relationship with their cycle or maybe they dread it, like what is one like tip? you would give somebody to start to reconnect with their cycle, whether it's a man or a woman or, you know, somebody who's Mm non-binary.
1: I think that developing a relationship with your cycle is really important. For me, it started with writing down any of the negative associations that I have with my cycle, which... Forever, It was, you know, pain and suffering and um, just constant heavy bleeding and premenstrual anxiety and insomnia. And then write down the opposite of that. So the positives that could come if those things were healed. And hmm. I think that opened up the idea in, in not in, only in my mind, but in my body that I could heal my cycle. Yeah, um, because I I just at a certain point had to be like, well, this is my life like I have mm-hmm. <laughs> surrendered. like this is just something I have to put up with because I can't do birth control can't do Prozac and I'm when I say that I have nothing but such respect for people who like birth control or need it for health reasons. Absolutely. Same goes for antidepressants or any kind of medication you're on. I am not anti any of those things. I, I'm glad you're clarifying that. Yes. Yes. I'm, I just think that for some people like us and so many other women, th- there needs to be more options. And we need to look at the whole system and really believe that our body is actually working for us, not against us. At all times, even when, you know, like <clears throat> when, when you're in pain, that's the body talking to you. Um, so when I do my work, I, it's really coming from this place of like, you no, know, the body knows. The body has this inherent wisdom that I could never try to emulate, really, because it's, it's, it's coming from um, somewhere deep inside that, that really, to me, is, is always a place of mystery Like I, I can't intellectualize that and I don't want to. So, um,
0: I love it. I love that. That, that's, that's such a, that's so beautifully put. Um, I love this idea of, of this surrender.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah. And I, and, and I think, and absolutely. And I I love what you said about, you know, the Prozac and the birth control. There are people who need that because of medical conditions or because, you know, or that's, that's, that's what's necessary for them. And it's also necessary that we have the circadian rhythm Mm
1: -hmm. and that
0: we have, I mean, this, you know, this masculine hormonal process, like we're not against that. We're not saying, okay, turn your back on that. We're saying, Mm -hmm. hold on, there's this other door that's been closed for a really long time and probably has some cobwebs in the corner. So like dust off the cobwebs, open the door and let's explore what's inside.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally. I think also just, I know you asked for one tip, but I have another one that has really Please. feeling for me is just menstrual cycle awareness. And you can use an app if you'd like. I forget to use apps. So I just use an old school journal. And every single day I, I write down, you know, what day I am in my cycle and I write down what I'm feeling, what's coming up. And what that does is it teaches me because everyone, you know, there are these, phases within our cycle are these inner seasons that generally speaking, we all experience, but I fully believe that, uh, everyone has their own unique rhythm and yes tuning into that is way, is, is way more important than someone telling you how you should feel at a certain time. Um, so, mm. you know, that's, that's,
0: that's, That's so important, what you just said. And I just want to emphasize that again, because um, I think that's that's the missing piece. Mm -hmm. I think that's what's in the door behind the cobwebs. It's what is my rhythm? Yeah, right. What is my rhythm? And how can I empower myself in that rhythm and just flourish in my own, in, in, in the energy and the hormones that my body wants to release when it, when it is ready to release. Not everyone has a 28 day cycle. Yeah. I yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Not everyone does, you yeah. know? And so it's, it's listening to what is that rhythm. Um, and then, and then syncing up to it. Mm-hmm. I'm very nerdy about this right now. And I actually will just share this because you know me. Um, but I'm actually ovulating today. And I scheduled this interview with us knowing that. Because I know that I love talking about the sacred feminine. Mm-hmm. When I'm ovulating, it's something that is important to me. And if I'm not talking about it, I'm reading about it. And if I'm not reading about it, I'm writing about it. Or I'm listening to another podcast or et cetera. And, and I know that about myself because I've been writing down, what do I like to do when I'm ovulating? Honor the Sacred Feminine.
1: Yes. I love that. And, you know, that's you really stepping into your power. And ovulation is this time to put yourself out in the world and um, really express yourself. So you doing this podcast on your ovulation day is just like this beautiful expression of the divine feminine coming from you. You know, like it's, I love that. I love it. (laughs) Thank you. I knew knew you would love that. I knew you would love that. Okay. So
0: (laughs) here's what I want to leave people with. Yeah. Veronica, as you have already understood by this, these last few minutes is super, super articulate, she has experimented with all of these things in her own body and she's ready to share them with the world. She's going to be giving a menstrual literacy workshop virtually, which I love because maybe that means I can come. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and you can find her at, at Veronica underscore Constance mm-hmm. or her website is waking.yoga and this will all be in the episode notes, so don't worry if you don't have a pen nearby. Well, dear, thank you so much. Thank oh you. Oh my gosh, I'm sending you the biggest virtual hug. Did you get it? Yes, I feel it. Sending it back now. <laughs> I got it. I got it right back. Thank you so much, dear. You are such a light, and I am so honored you to are have you in my life. Like <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in and we will see you next episode. Thank you guys so much for listening today. What moves me to the bones is having these conversations and knowing that you're listening on the other end. Remember what we speak about in these episodes are just recommendations and tips. If you have a real health problem, please consult with your medical doctor. This podcast is 100% original with music and production by Christian Fresno. See you next time. And you? What moves you to the bones?